Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy Whether one line of plot holes or gratuitous poopies It's time to get busy with your friend Stephen Izzy I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I, I Learned from, from Movies. And tonight, <laughs> 2011's The Three Musketeers. Yes. From legendary filmmaker Paul W.S. Anderson, who uh. makes his eighth appearance on our... No. <laughs> I think only like fourth appearance on our podcast. The he ma- makes up a good solid 10% of our movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> his own damn fault for releasing one every year for the past 30 years of the same excellence. Oh, the quality. <laughs> if you want a big budget Uwe Boll, this is your man now. Yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah. We uh, need to do more Uwe Boll movies on this. We, we haven't done one yet. That's amazing. Because you know that is some shit. <laughs> I, I think I smell... Is they Volvo coming up? <laughs> uh, that means we have to watch for like four or five movies. Blood uh, Rain? Blood Rain. Uh, in the Name of the King. In yeah, the Name of have the King. have that one in there. Uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. But until then, <laughs> The Three Musketeers. Not the one you've all seen. The 2011 version. The one you all avoided. <laughs> but first. First. I am parched. Bring forth a fat of ale. <laughs> Ooh, I have an ale for you. Brought to us by the great Ben and Kristen. Oh, from, Sir Ben and Lady Kristen. <laughs> from the land of New Orleans, home of the great Sir Cage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Lord Cage blesses us with his beer. This <laughs> <laughs> from a beer brewing. This is Purple Haze Raspberry Lager. 4.2% alcohol by volume. Experience the magic of purple haze. Clouds <laughs> of real raspberries swirl in a tart and tantalizing lager, inspired by the good spirits and dark mysteries of New Orleans. Brewed with pilsner and wheat malts, along with Vandegard hops, let the scent of berries and hazy purple brew put a spell on you. Mmm, and now you are mine. <laughs> Here we go. Pop no, he's on my beard. <laughs> <laughs> Pop him the top. <laughs> and Not now the beer. <laughs> Never gets old, I don't care. And the pour? Funny. Nope. Oh, funny every time. It really is. 
Ooh, that is an interesting color. Hey, that beer is actually kind of pinky colored. Yeah. It's kind of copper with little tints of pink. Yeah. I'd say <laughs> pink hues in the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> as, yeah. beer, as opposed to a John Hughes. <laughs> mm. He's trying to drink and not laugh. It's not working. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, definitely got a little uh, lager background, but it definitely has a little tartness to it from the raspberries, I assume. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean... It's a good it, little it's, fruit beer. Yeah, I'd say it's not super tart or anything. Like, you could definitely drink that all day if you really wanted to. I've had some bad purple haze the first couple times I tried it. I was going to say, I think they might have tweaked the recipe, because I remember the first time I had it, it just tasting like syrup and being disgusting. Yeah, I, I remember it also wasn't like a uh, raspberry lager or whatever. It was like it was pre malt premium malt beverage, beverage or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hmm. Yeah, that must have been the, one of the changes. But, yeah, this, this version's not bad. I say give them another try if you've been burned in the past like I have. Delightful. Mm. Speaking yeah. of... Ah! Speaking of new versions of French things, The Three Musketeers. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, of course, based on the Alexandre Dumas, uh, I believe, series of stories. Um, it was at least one novel. I know that for sure. Yeah, there might have been a bunch of sequels by other people or something. You know, not unlike the movies. Um, but yeah, this one's from director Paul W.S. Anderson. You may remember from Event Horizon and several other movies on here. Uh, if this uh, had more Event Horizon in it. has <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot of Resident Evil and, uh, <laughs> and Mortal Kombat stuff. But, but yeah, it's the... Uh, the story of young D'Artagnan um, mm -hmm. in this movie, played by Logan Lerman. Uh, you may know him as Percy Jackson. Um, the Lightning Thief. The Lightning Thief. Himself. How do I know that? And I, Why you, do I know that? I, I don't know, but I'm judging you. You should. Um, I'm judging myself, Caster. Why do I know that? <laughs> Caster's judging me. I'm being judged by Caster Troy. As you should be. <laughs> you look uh, disgusted. <laughs> I don't know if it's the beer or because <laughs> I'm yelling at him. <laughs> Probably both. Uh, but he meets up with the, the three musketeers, Athos, Porthos, and Aramis, played by Matthew McFadden, Ray Stevenson, uh, and uh, Luke Evans. <laughs> what, a, what a trio to play the three musketeers. All right. I have to say, looks-wise, they looked amazing. They, yeah. they all looked Oh, they hard. pulled it off. Yeah, I mean... They were very unlikable characters. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get into that. Okay. But but continue on with the list because oh. of the cast because there's some amazing cast in this. Oh, there is some amazing cast, surprisingly yeah. amazing. Uh, there's a little cameo from Till Schweiger as a yeah. uh, Cagliostro. Yeah, uh, he's in like the 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 part before the credits even. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then the main bad guy is Cardinal Richelieu, is played by the great Christoph Waltz. I love Christoph Waltz. In everything. And, yeah, well, the thing is, like, he really knows how to, like, channel a character. Yeah. And he absolutely channels a cardinal who is way too busy for all this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every single scene, he seems to be, like, trying that line of being kind and courteous to everybody and just, like, disregarding anything they have to say yeah. ever. He's and he pulls so off magnificently. He's so dismissive of everyone, like, I just I'm, am too good for this. I'm five steps ahead of any thought you have at all, so just 
relax, I've got this. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I didn't know if he was above this movie or if he, his character <laughs> was above the other characters. A little bit of both, maybe? Either way, yeah. it totally works. Uh, also, he, yeah. okay, also, Max Middleson is his right-hand man, Rochefort. Oh, so good. You know, the one-eyed swordsman guy. Who's yeah. Um, and, of course, there is a lady by the name of Mila Jovovich. Uh, hmm. She plays Milady de Winter. That name sounds familiar. Did Where I do mention, we know her from? Did I mention this was a Paul W.S. Anderson <laughs> movie? Because I feel like she pops in every one of them. Well, yeah, she gives amazing blowjobs. I, I would assume so. But yeah, Milady de Winter really does actually like get her due in this movie. Yeah, it does pretty good. Yeah, um, And of course, the greatest of them all, <laughs> the Duke of Buckingham, yes, played, by, played by Orlando Bloom. <laughs> this is my Holy favorite. Shit. Orlando Bloom character I've ever seen. Absolutely. Good performances in bad movies. This is 100%. I've <laughs> never loved Orlando Bloom more than this movie. And it even took a second viewing for me to appreciate the yeah. full like depth that he's putting into this character. Yeah, it's... Oh, my God. So, I saw this movie back when it first came out <clears throat> on video. Uh, I did not. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it was a rental thing. And I was like, oh, Three Musketeers, Paul W.S. Anderson, at least it'll be good for a little blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, this is a little ridiculous, but it's Three Musketeers. I mean, yeah. it's only slightly more ridiculous than the Disney version from the, the 90s, right? Who was in that one, Steve? Oh, Kiefer, Charlie <laughs> Sheen, Tim Curry, uh, the dude with the raspy voice that isn't James Remar, the guy, the guy from The Crow, I, I forget his name, but... Uh, Oliver Platt. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's really a who's who <laughs> of the <laughs> early nineties. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, this. I mean, well, let's let's start with the plot, I guess. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and say the very first time when the first time I watched this was the first time we watched it together, oh. like yeah, yeah. about three weeks ago now. About that, yeah. Just kind of give it a previewing, and I did not like it. She did not care for it at I all. I did not. Uh, and my big thing was that you're supposed to root for the Musketeers, and at least in the Disney version, I liked the Musketeers. Yeah, they were charming, they were, charismatic. And yeah, you you wanted them to fight for their cause. In this one, the Musketeers are not likable. They really aren't. They're they, kind of dicks to everybody. They're dicks to everybody. They're entitled little princesses, and I just couldn't get behind them, and D'Artagnan is annoying as fuck. Uh, I want to fucking slap that kid. No, um... Honey, I wanted to, th but I wanted to throat punch him as much as you want to throat <laughs> punch Rainbow, Rainbow Dash. Dash. Ha! <laughs> um, and so the first time I watched this, I was just like, "Ew, no!" And so we watched it again so that we'd be fresh for the podcast. And I realized I still don't like the Musketeers, but I do really, really like Mila Jovovich as Milady. She does yeah. a really good job being cunning and athletic and. And like, All like a great the, the double agent kind of working both sides, and and, yeah. and and you kind of sense the musketeers, they they may not be likable. They have a code. They have a sense you know, of duty, and so you it. can yeah. respect them. Yeah. And you don't really notice that, I don't think, on first viewing because you're so distracted by like, ugh, these are not guys I want to hang out with. 
But it, they are they they are gentlemen. But Jesus Christ, Orlando Bloom just blossoms. Yeah. He's amazing. His hair is spectacular. He has his pompadour. Oh my god! The That's, costumes. The costumes are amazing. Are so good and, in this. And the the background and the sets and everything. If if you're just like into like it is art, a movie. illustration, character design, fashion design, set design, like if you're into those pieces of it, watch it for that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. all incredible. Like every single costume, even There's, you know the peasants are peasants, but. When no, it gets into the, Even yeah. the peasants, they have textures and layers. Um, I'm not going to lie, I do really like D'Artagnan's horse. Yeah. The one that they yeah. keep teasing but as a buttercup cow. Buttercup or whatever. Buttercup. Yeah. Buttercup is a big, beautiful, shire-looking horse, but it's a dapple, but it's like a quasar dapple, and it's gorgeous. No! Yeah. I do uh, like ponies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this version of the story differs a little bit from the original source material. <gasps> um... Basically, in the, the first scenes of the movie, uh, we find the three musketeers breaking into uh, a museum or something in Venice. A vault. It's a vault. A, a, a vault, yeah. It looks like it's in a museum or something, but it's, it's in Venice. It's a Da Vinci's vault, right? Da Vinci's vault, yes. Uh, to steal an item to mm -hmm. deliver to somebody else. They're right? going to deliver it to the king, because they're agents of the king, right? That's right, that's right, that's right. They're agents of the king. Yeah, by the way, we do get a flash of it before it goes between Milady's tits. We do. And it's an airship. It is a blimp. It's a blimp. <laughs> it is a, a ship with a giant balloon on top, hot air balloon mm -hmm. on top of it. it yeah, and then Milodrovich pushes it straight between her titties. Yeah. And they make a dashing escape full of explosions. And, oh, yeah, and they blow that ball. <laughs> Underwater escape, there's yeah. swimming, there's bobbing to the surface, there's the murdering of many Venetian guards. Yeah. <laughs> many well-dressed Venetian guards. <laughs> Very well-dressed Venetian guards. Um, and then they get back to their hideout, they're discussing, you know, toasting to their success, mm -hmm. and then things start getting a little blurry. Um, a lady poisons, or, uh, well, knocks them unconscious with her drink, and uh, with their drinks, uh, steals the plans, and escapes with... Uh, with the, the, the Duke of Buckingham. The Duke of Buckingham. Or, or, with Orlando Bloom. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, of course, they don't just kill the three musketeers on the spot. They're like, no. well, you'll just live with the shame of this, and that will be that. And well, yeah, because I think it's something that, like, now that they, like, the they're the last of the musketeers. There used to be lots of musketeers. Yeah. D'Artagnan's father used to be a musketeer. And these are the last three, and so I think the idea is they're not going to kill them, they're just going to discredit them, the king's going to get rid of them, and then, and like, so they don't even have to worry about it. And so it's a fate worse than death, they're going to yeah, be forgotten. they're going to be disgraced, and like, what's mm -hmm. left of them is just going to be drunkards, and yeah. key horrors, and stuff. Yeah, that, like, Milady is, is pretty cunning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By the way, she was romantically involved with uh, Athos, uh, and that's how... It was the four of them breaking into the ball. I don't know if I made that clear at the beginning. Oh, but yeah. She does yeah. a great thing where she slides and her tits are, like, really pushed up. I guess there's that scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's a couple of scenes like that. By the way, Mila Jovovich looks fantastic in this movie. Every movie. Well, she, she does a good job taking Except 45 and he got game. She how do I know all these movies? <laughs> because you watch everything with Mila Jovovich in it. Even not, she's only in it for three minutes. Not every... Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I'm going to pull up her IMDb. You keep talking about the movie. No, no, no we'll skip that. Gonna, no, no. Fun fact, we, super fun we fact. We don't need this on the podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll save it for Mila Jovovich month. We know. <laughs> I mean, that might happen. Um, join us next week when we talk Return of the Blue Lagoon. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
But yeah, uh, so then credits roll. Uh, we fast forward about uh, probably five, ten years in the future. I don't think it's really specific. Um, but there's there's a boy king, uh, Louis the Thirteenth. I want to say. Uh, I, I think in real life he was like twelve years old or, or like ten years old or something. In this one, he, he's like. I don't know, 15, 16, yeah, he's, he's a very young man. Um, but we also meet D'Artagnan and his father, who are just kind of fighting on a hilltop. He's getting ready to go to the big city. The, the, guy, the guy that played uh, the father and the mother of mm-hmm. D'Artagnan, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't recognize him for anything else. That one little scene was actually kind of tearful. Like, like, they're really, yeah. like, proud of him, and, like, you're going to be a good man, you'll do great things in the big city, and just, just remember us from time to time, and, yeah, and go out there, sword, have fun. Take my sword, take our best plow horse, yeah. and I don't know, I, That just really touched me. Do you know how many movies Mila Jovovich has been in? Uh, 78. No, only 47. Oh, man. I, maybe I have seen all of them, Jesus. <laughs> Do we want to do this now or do we want to save it? We'll save it. We'll save it for another time. We'll save it. Yes. Yes, I'm absolutely certain. Um, (laughs) Back to the movie. Uh, So D'Artagnan goes to the city. Uh, On his way there, he stops at a horse gas station. I don't know. He stops somewhere to grab a bite to eat or something and rest the horse. And he meets a couple of the the King's Guards, uh, led by Rochefort Mm -hmm. with the eye patch and Max Middleton all And he instantly bumps him and knocks his drink over. No, no, no. Uh, they made comments about his horse. Yeah, because he bumps into him, he knocks his drink over, oh, and uh, and they're like, "Oh, he, no!" I think they just pulled up and like, "Oh, you call, uh, oh yeah, what is that, is that, that called a, a horse? Is that a cow? Yeah, you call that a horse then?" Ho ho ho! And then uh, of course Percy Jackson walks over. <laughs> I'm sorry, D'Artagnan walks over and he's <laughs> like, uh, "You know, you can call me. You need to apologize horse. to my horse." Then of course he's like. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and he, he even says, like, I would kill you, but I don't even have the time to waste on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so instead he shoots him. <laughs> he tries, or he pulls it, 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 Yeah, like, challenges him to a duel or whatever. Uh, Rochefort shoots him. Um, and he's just about to, like, run him through or whatever. And Milady de Winter comes up in a, right. a carriage or whatever. And it's like, oh, he's oh, too pretty to die. Really cute. And, yeah, leaves him a little... Uh, Kerchief, <laughs> and then and then yeah, and then they're just like, all right, maybe another time. Whoop, walk off, and then of course that sends them like, ah, I must I must avenge my horse's honor. Um, <laughs> and along the way, that's when he bumps into Athos oh, that's right. and, and spills, spills his, his alcohol yeah. on his outfit. Yeah, and then, he, and then challenges him to a duel at noon, mm-hmm. and then as luck would have it, also bumps into Porthos, challenges yes. him to a duel. Uh, insults him by uh, Porthos is dating a lady who's buying him outfits. Uh, accidentally bumps into the lady, knocks over the coin purse, like, hands oh, it back to him this. and goes, "Oh, here, your girlfriend dropped this." Porthos is like, "What do you mean? She's not paying for everything, even though I just said the lady would pay." Uh, yeah, yeah it basically, it's a it's a punch of pointless pissing yeah. contest. Ar- Aramis is giving his horse a parking ticket. No, it's a ticket for shitting. Oh, that's right, that's right. Cleaning up after his animal, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And, of course, that leads to challenging him to a duel at 2 o'clock. Yeah, they're all, like, 15 minutes apart or something. Yeah, and that's all while he's chasing down Rochefort. Then he loses the trail, and then it's like, all right, well, I guess I got a couple duels to meet up with at noon. So all four of them meet at the same time. I don't know why the ones at 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock showed up at noon. I'm assuming Maybe. they all kind of like saw each other and were like, dude, I'm on my way to a duel. Oh, dude, cool, we'll too. watch. Yeah, yeah. we'll go. Yeah, this will be fun. <laughs> this will be entertaining. 
Uh, so all four of them are there, and of course, as they're like exchanging one-liner pleasantries, uh, the King's Guard surrounds them, and that leads to actually a pretty cool, well choreographed fight scene. Yeah, I for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's basically the King. Uh, it's the Cardinal's Guards. The Cardinals. Guard. The Cardinals Guard. Yeah, that's right. The, that's right. Um, the Musketeers are the King's Guards, but the Cardinal has basically taken over control, so it's Cardinals Guards. Mm. And so it's the 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 Cardinals puke guys are basically like Rushford's like. All right, like for reals, musketeers. We've told you a bunch of times. Like you're the last three who <laughs> won't fucking dude. give it up. Like, like you, you guys just need to like quit. And they're like, no, we're we're the fucking king's guard. We do what we want. And they're and Carl's guard's like, not anymore. We're gonna kill you now because we've already told you a bunch of times. Yeah. And then fight, fight, fight. There's mm-hmm. a crowd gathered around, like in the oh, building surrounding, god. going, oh my gosh, they're destroying them all. Blah, blah, blah. Musketeers, we love you. By the way. The only person who has a French accent in this entire movie <laughs> is the Danish guy playing a French guy, even yeah. though they're all supposed to be French. Yeah, Mac- Max Middleton's the only one that even tries. The rest of them are, like, super British. <laughs> Very British. Well, because don't you know in America, if you have a British accent, you're just foreign. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, uh, so, nice little fight scene. 30-plus uh, guards are killed. 40. Yeah, well, Remember? a couple of them are able to That's be true, dragged off and, yeah. or run off or whatever. Basically, the Cardinal suffers huge losses. Yeah. No wonder he's not a fan of these drunk guys who work for the, the Child King. Yeah, so so after the fight, the Musketeer's like, oh, well, I guess we can't just stand here and wait for the next wave. Let's go to, to my home slash hotel, I guess, that Porthos runs or something, or one, one of them runs. Uh, that's where you're introduced to their... What would you even call him? Maeve? Sex slave? Like, yeah, their, their sex slave, I don't remember his name, is played by James Corbin, <laughs> which I completely forgot he oh. was in this movie because he's a completely forgettable character in this and movie. And they, uh, they invite uh, D'Artagnan back with them yeah, because yeah. he's such a good fighter. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think he'd also mentioned that his father was a musketeer. Yeah, and that he was coming like, out to become a musketeer, and basically they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's not a thing anymore. That's like, um, so in like, oh, like in a couple hundred years, there's going to be this thing called like uh, the internet, and uh, typewriter. There are these things called typewriters. They're also going to be extinct. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, we're the typewriters to the <laughs> internet. We're we are. It'll make but, more uh, sense in like 1990. We're we're the typewriter. You're the fax machine. These are just gonna be outdated in a couple of years now. <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals got like a set of guys. We just kind of like hang on and collect a measly paycheck, and we keep this like sex slave guy who kind of gets does, also does beer runs for us. But you know what? You can come home with us, and I don't know if you're interested. You're into that sort of thing. You're a good-looking young man. I mean, no. <laughs> That is not what happens at all. (laughs) The movie just got dark. This is PG-13. But yeah, so they go back. uh, Then they're summoned by the king. uh, And of course the king's like, uh, you know, the cardinal's like, oh, they must be punished, blah, blah, blah. Um, And the king's like, oh, really? Just the four of you against 40. Oh, yeah, well, because they get drug in. They get get drug in by the cardinal's men. Well, yeah, they're summoned. They're summoned. And of course they're like, oh, sorry, it won't happen again, blah, blah, blah. And the king's like kind of impressed. Yeah, um, and then he goes like, oh, look, the little one's about my age. Let's go play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, go, let's, go, let's go talk about picking up girls. Because the, the queen in this movie is played by Juno Temple, who looks like she's 12 years old. <laughs> hey, 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 D'Artagnan, you're about my age. You want to see this wife I got? Yeah. I got her from England. She's an import. 
By the way, I think you were hitting on our handmaiden earlier. Um, oh yes. Uh, uh, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway, that's the introduction of the characters. Now for the plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, so the plot of the movie is that Milady de Winter is playing both sides. She's both working for the Cardinal and working for King Buckingham, who are both working... Duke Buckingham, I'm sorry. Who are both working in a plot to try and unseat uh, the young King Louis and basically send the entire continent into like a world war over the French kingdom. And Milady, I believe, is... Well, she's basically going to be like, either the Cardinal's going to take over France, or Buckingham's going to include France in with England. Either way, I'm covered, because I'm banging them both. <laughs> there you go. Which, I'm just assuming that was inferred. Oh, it's, it's implied. Yeah, implied. Yeah. Well, maybe not the Cardinal, but... I feel like she's done a few jobs for the Cardinal, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> a few jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Hand stuff? Mouth stuff. No. Butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Cardinals is in some weird stuff. He oh. gives German. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm going to lie down under this glass table. No. Whatever you... No, <laughs> no we're not that the podcast. Disgusting. Coming up uh, next week, Human Centipede. No. no never. No. <laughs> no I'm but, sorry. Yeah. So, so, the plot to make this happen... Mm-hmm is also the plot from, like, a 1980s teenage rom-com or oh, something? Yes. where it's So, like so uh, the Cardinal is having... So the Cardinal convinced the king he should get his new queen, who apparently he's... They're married, but he's still kind of hitting on her. They're, like, early dating, because <laughs> they don't really know each other, apparently. That was what I kind of got from it. Yeah, well... Okay. Well, they married because it was an arranged marriage. Yeah, it was an arranged marriage. Yeah, yeah. To, to help combine the king kingdoms. But uh, the cardinal convinced him basically to get her this very expensive diamond necklace. And then uh, the cardinal arranged for Mila Jovovich to steal said very expensive necklace and give it to King Buckingham along with forging some love letters and leaving them in the queen's drawer. Uh, and then tells the king... But you're forgetting the best part. Hmm. Where the Duke of Buckingham shows up at the royal palace on a fucking airship. I'm not there yet! No, no, you're past it. That happens before because that's okay, where well, we're introduced to the great Lord Buckingham. It's true, and, yeah, yeah. And that's where it's kind of implied that he knows the queen intimately from a previous relationship. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that's where the king's like, oh, you two know each other. Yes. Yep. And twas a night I won't soon forget. And the queen's like, you're making this shit up. Yeah, right. <laughs> Like, I gotta say, the gal who played the queen, yeah. she did a pretty good job at trying to be, like, innocent, but also, like, fucking in full of shit. Yeah, you get kind of stone face in the right <laughs> moments, and then, like, he's gonna, like, break down, like, oh my gosh, I don't know how this is going like, to happen. Like, she realizes that they're trying to trap her into making it look like she's sleeping with Buckingham. Yeah. Um... And then she sends her handmaidens out, basically, to be like, we have, you, you guys have to do something, and I can't do anything, because I have to stay here and distract the king and make him think nothing's wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, the seeds are planted for that, and then they want to plant, the, uh, basically, Nijovovich steals the necklace, takes it to the Buckingham, Duke of Buckingham. And leaves a letter that says, yeah. uh, I will give you my diamonds to show... That basically yeah. I fucked you. Yeah, yeah, and and of course. So she has. So the king reads this and goes, "Okay, so she still has her diamonds. He, she hasn't fucked him yet. But if she doesn't have the diamonds, 
obviously they fucked. And then I'm going to declare war on England and kill my bride and destroy Buckingham. But I'm still a child, so I probably can't control my army. So in which case the Cardinal's going to take over. And then, you know, it's World War. Uh, so yeah, so then this is where the musketeers must, uh, or they get approached by the handmaiden, who's yeah, like, the handmaiden of the queen on behalf of mm-hmm. the queen, and they're like, we need you to go to the Tower of London, mm-hmm. uh, steal back the necklace. Mm-hmm. They probably know you or someone like you is coming, mm-hmm. um, and I'm assuming since there are spies all over, they'll know it's specifically you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, by the way, it the needs to be back. Of the king. Yeah, and it needs to be back by Friday in time for this party. Yep. Oh, and they have air sh- an airship, and Buckingham oh, yes, yes. is, by the way, Buckingham is dressed to the nines. They have this whole, like, fashion thing they do, which I'm not going to lie to me is the most interesting plot point. <laughs> yeah. So, like, like so, what, what is he wearing now? Uh, green, Your Majesty. So he shows up in green, and Orlando Bloom shows up in driving blue. And he's just like, oh, green, that was so cute, like, two years ago. Okay. Or was it was last season. Last year? Perhaps the year before. Anyway, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute, you Frenchies are finally catching on. Yeah, yeah, right. And then he shows up the uh, next day in a blue outfit, and Orlando Bloom's in purple. Oh. Like, fashion favors the bold. <laughs> By the way, oh my god, Orlando Bloom, he is the cockiest motherfucker, and he's so good. I, I love him so much I, in this. I want him to be like that in real life. I almost really do. I want him to wear those outfits in real life. <laughs> I want him to just be like, yes, this is how I go to Panda Express. What did you expect? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'll have the orange chicken. Um, I'm trying to be good. Can I get some of those steamed vegetables? (laughs) Oh, mm, but that Beijing beef just is calling my name. (laughs) Oh, my collar. Yes, yes, it is all too... um, Can I get some extra napkins to protect it? (laughs) Yeah, so... By the way, yeah, the collars in this movie. Yeah. Jovich has an amazing Ev- collar. Everywhere, at one point. all the time. <laughs> uh, she has an amazing like kung fu scene on top of a tower, and then she strips and like, yeah. like a. Uh, She's in her like, uh, under undergarments. <laughs> yeah, and like scales down the wall and. I'm not gonna lie, I was quite impressed. She has one of those like little entrapment scenes where she's like going through all the uh, fishing wires or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah, and then and then there's the the scene at the Tower of London. Oh, okay. Do so, we, do you want to spoil how they break into there, or do we want to leave no, it for them to watch? No, let's let them watch how they break into. Yeah, that. it's 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 pretty good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, watch the movie a, streaming on Netflix. There's a great thing in that they figure out that Milady is the one who's feeding Buckingham yeah. the information, and basically they're they realize she knows all of them inside and out. Except for D'Artagnan. Mm-hmm. And the reality is none of them realize that she's met D'Artagnan. She doesn't even know that she's met D'Artagnan. Yeah, they realize that a little later. Yeah. <laughs> and there's that great scene of, I saved you a life once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, because Milady uh, is working oof. both sides, she has this great little piece of paper that's signed by the Cardinal yeah. that says, everything I do is on behalf of the king and should be forgiven. Yeah. But it doesn't actually have anybody's name on it. Indeed. And it all comes, comes into play. Oh. Uh, I, I want to talk so much about the end of this movie. But it's but not I, as good if you know it's coming. No, it is ridiculous. It is awesome. It is everything you want and more. There's scenes on rooftops. There's mm-hmm. everywhere. A everything. church is involved. Airships are involved. Yes, airships. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, oh my gosh. The only French guy in a movie starring supposedly mostly French characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go go watch this movie. It's an hour and 40 minutes. You probably won't regret it. Even if you do, blame us. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say, as somebody who watched it once and hated it, and then watched it twice and actually really enjoyed it, watch it twice. Watch it twice. Why not? Yeah. The first time just to get over all the crazy stuff. But, um, yeah. yeah, when we come back... Fun facts and your questions. Super fun facts and two more beers. Hey everybody, it's Steve. Did you know you can donate to our podcast to help us keep the lights on? Of course you did. Everybody will on the internet will take your money. Uh, however, did you know that there's a way that you can help us keep the lights on and get yourself some great swag? For just a few dollars a month, you can get bonus reviews, full-length commentaries, uh, choose movies for our episodes, shout-outs on the podcast, uh, advertise your business, uh, guest host with us, um, and discounts on all of our merchandise, including t-shirts, episode art, and everything from Izzy's incredible Etsy page. Super fans also receive uh, monthly art directly to your doorstep. That's actually my favorite one. Uh, for details, you can check it out on our Patreon page at patron.podbean.com slash E-I-L-F-M. That's everything I learned from movies. And don't forget, thanks for listening. We're back! We're back, and now for mm-hmm. our next beer. All right, in honor of Orlando Bloom in this movie, we have a foreign extra stout. <laughs> <laughs> Courtesy of Guinness. Courtesy of Guinness. Genuine quality stout. Uh, foreign extra stout is brewed with generous hops and roasted barley for a bittersweet balance of full flavor and natural bite. Developed as a global export from Ireland, the addition of extra hops ensures this stout would arrive in perfect condition. Today is it enjoyed by millions around the world. Oh, so here we go with the popping of the topping. Woo! Ah, I brought top! <laughs> Why'd you put it back on? Anyway. Uh, you're right. I should just leave it off. All right, here's the port. Ooh. That is a dark beverage. <laughs> that is a very dark beverage. I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to lie. I actually cannot get light to pass through this one. Yeah. This one is opaque. I mean, it, it's a beautiful sunny day outside. <laughs> it, yeah. There's there's some good light coming through. Um, this is a dark khaki colored head on it with little tiny fine bubbles. Oh, wow. How is the taste? That is pretty damn good. It's got the good toastiness, a little bit of chocolate, Ooh. like bittersweet chocolate kind of thing on it. Yeah. It kind of yeah. tastes like um like a Hershey, or no, uh, like a Nestle semi-sweet morsel, like the kind yeah. you put chocolate chips, but with a little espresso added to it. Yep, and it's only 7.5%, so Woo! drink up, bitches. Boom. <laughs> Clink. <laughs> Big and bold like Orlando Bloom and his outfits in this movie. Everyone's outfits in this movie. Indeed. So good. Uh, so fun facts while you're enjoying that tasty beverage. Fun facts, super fun facts, fun fun facts. These are all from uh, IMDb. Uh, the substitute for the royal palace of Louvre in the movie, uh, Versailles was built almost half a century later than that time, uh, is actually a German palace. The Fitzbischke... I'm sorry. First Bischof Lisha residence. Uh, the, sure, sure, sure. That the first Bischof Lisha. <laughs> it means the Prince's Bishop's Palace, mm. uh, and that's in Würzburg, in Bavaria. Ooh, we should go visit that, honey. There's a Ritz Carlton there. <gasps> um, we gotta go. That's also where uh, BMW headquarters is, I think. Or BMW. By the way, BW. We're, we're not rich. We just really like to stalk Ritz Carlton. <laughs> we really do. Um. The so-called Ring of Fire Crow's Nest 
uh, with its 31 cannons, by the way, that's in the movie, uh, was built as a fully working version out of a mass of wood in only 14 days by a German company called Pyro Labs Berlin. Damn. And it's currently on display in the uh, Babelsberg Movie Studio Film Park. We should go find that. Indeed. I'm down for that. Yeah. Uh, Christoph Waltz, the actor that played Cardinal Richelieu, has the same birthday, October 4th, as Charlton Heston, who played Richelieu in The Three Musketeers uh, from 1973. What? And the sequel, The Four Musketeers, Milady's Revenge, <gasps> 1974. We need to find these we movies. We need to find these movies now. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> Uh, several of the actors, uh, Ray Stevenson, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, and Till Schweiger were all in the 2004 film King Arthur, mm. also possibly coming up on this podcast. Uh, Stevenson, <laughs> <Up next> uh, <laughs> it says the characters they played, but uh, yeah, apparently they were all in that movie. Oh, all the fun facts I got on this one. It's a fairly new, fairly under-the-radar kind of movie. Like I remember there being a preview or so, but like no one going, oh, what do you think the budget was on this movie, sweetie? That's oh, this has got to be a big one. A uh, hundred... Uh, hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> no. uh, keep in mind, it's Paul W.S. Anderson. What does that mean? I don't know. He, he's, he's known in Hollywood for making uh, expensive-looking movies on a fairly tight budget. I'll, I'll just tell you. Seventy-five million dollar budget. I was going to say eighty-five million. Nice. But okay. How much do you think it grossed? Ooh, uh, twelve dollars. <laughs> that was your. $12. That was my twelve dollars. <laughs> How dare you? Um, it had an eight million dollar opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Twenty overall. Okay. Apparently there were a lot of wasn't a lot of business after that opening weekend, Aww. which is unfortunate because it's really not that bad of a movie. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a little ridiculous. <laughs> you know whose favorite movie this would be? If you showed this movie to an 11-year-old, this oh, would be their favorite yeah. movie. When, when you talk to them when they're 22, this is still one of their favorite movies of all time. Sweetie, I'm looking up this 1973 version of uh, The Three Musketeers. Yeah. Uh, Oliver Reed, <gasps> Raquel Welch, what? Charlton Heston. Oh, my God. Oh my, does Raquel Welch play Milady? Yes. Oh, yes. my God. Uh, Michael York, uh, you know, uh, Basil from the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Christopher Lee. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm going to overcast. <laughs> By the way, did you ever see the, uh, the the Musketeer, the movie from, like, 2001 that was, like, I swear it was, like, from, like, the director of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and I shit like that? I think so. I definitely saw The Rocketeer, which I own on DVD, and we should that's do ba- on this podcast. That's basically the same thing. Oh, well, yeah. Musketeers, <laughs> Rocketeer. No, I, 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 I saw the 2001 The Musketeer. I it's think I saw it. It's, like, it's basically... It's it's basically just like D'Artagnan's journey, basically. Yeah, right? yeah it's just D'Artagnan. Like, uh, Tim Roth was the bad guy. I think Mina Savari was the chick... The guy, okay, the guy wait, wait, that starred me, in it, I think, was like from Grey's Anatomy. Like, it was, was it basically a French version of Zorro? Kinda. Yeah. Okay, then yes, I saw it. Yeah, but there, but there was a lot of like martial arts, yeah, sword fighting. Kinda yeah, so it's like it's the the Antonio Banderas version of Zorro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not like Zorro the Gay Blade. <laughs> yeah. I have seen so many versions of Zorro, honey. <laughs> uh, so what did we learn from this movie, sweetie? 
Ooh, I learned that we still have one more beer left. We do. We also have questions left. We also have questions left. All right. Uh, yeah, so what I learned from this movie is that I think that I can now see Orlando Bloom in a whole new light. I thought he was just kind of a pretty face who looked confused all the time, but now I know that he can also play a pompous, pompous arrogant ass. ass who I am rooting for. Indeed. Not just a pompous, arrogant ass. But one that I root for, I kind of wanted him to win. And I liked that he knew he was getting double agented by the well, lady, but he was okay with it because he was still getting banged by Mila Jovovich. Yeah. You never know, sweetie. He may pop up in a sequel to this movie. Oh my god, that would be oh, so good. By the way, did I mention the Paul W.S. Anderson movies? There's a sequel bag at the Huge end. Huge sequel bag at the end. And by a pretty damn impressive, a good one, in my opinion. By the way, that would make the best bad movie, that right. sequel, with that setup. Yes, yes, yes. With yes. that setup, they, oh, I'm not going to spoil it. Oh. <laughs> Go watch this movie. Uh, see, what did I learn? I learned, um... Yeah, I don't know. There's. You learned how much you learned, like collars on costumes. Yeah, yeah. I learned Kristoff uh, Waltz needs to be in more things all the time. He does. Kristoff Waltz is amazing. I learned that Orlando Bloom looks spectacular in purple. <laughs> I mean, ooh, wait until he plays Prince in a biopic. <gasps> no, it's never. It's, I, I'm gonna throw this out there. I'm gonna guess that's never going to happen. Pray that never happens, but it's possible. No, but he is going to star in the Prince biopic as Michael Jackson. Ah, that, <laughs> that definitely makes more sense. You throw a wig on and it's just like dead on. <laughs> I don't have to think everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets that confused look like he doesn't know if he looks his dryer on or not. <laughs> I learned I can enjoy a movie where I'm still rooting for the bad guys more than the good guys. That kind of is a reoccurring theme on this podcast. <laughs> it kind of is. Uh, yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, yeah. One more beer to go. Woo! What do we got, sweetie? Oh, all right. So, from Samuel Adams, we have Hopscape. Wheat ale brewed with West Coast hops. Yeah. You know, in, in honor of all the fantastic landscapes and huge sets. I actually like the, like, a lot of the transitions and stuff in this movie were... It was almost like you were looking at, like, a video game going from, yes. like, city to city, and there was, like, the three-dimension... <laughs> I was waiting for the loading thing in the bottom part of the screen. <laughs> yeah. All right, Steve, I have bad news for this beer. It was it was cooked in June, <laughs> according to its label. Or is that when it's good until sub-17? No, it's, uh, that's when it was, that's when it was born on. Born June of 2016? Doesn't say a year, it just says June. <laughs> All right, let's try it out. All right, it's gonna be great. This is gonna be fantastic. Especially hoppy beers do great being aged. I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this. Let's do it. Woo! All right. It smells like beer. Hey, that's a good start. And the pour. Glug 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 glug. How did oh. I pour that so nicely for as far away as I was? Yeah, you. He was holding it a good, I don't know, four feet above the cup <laughs> and just kind of aiming it. Alrighty, so, alright, the smell is very hoppy. That That is a good sign. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a cloudy yellow beer. I would say like a good hike in Moab color. <laughs> Sweetie, it says, for brewery fresh taste, enjoy before the month notched. Oh. So, before June. Okay, We're no saying. Yeah. Woo! It is not June. By a long shot. Mm. So we could have saved this for my birthday. Thanks a lot, Steve. 
Ah, you are welcome. <laughs> All right, he took the taste. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's got like a little, mm. little citrus and pine on it. It's there's a little bit of Simcoe in there, but a in bit, yeah. a delightful amount. As somebody, so Simcoe hops. Some people get great, like grapefruit and like pininess off of them. <laughs> My particular palette, I get a lot of cat piss and cypress. <laughs> I am lucky go. that way. Uh, this has just a little bit, and then it's offset with some other hops that, yeah, has like a good tropicaliness to it. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a, uh, so like a little grapefruit kind of. Little piney, little grapefruity, like some like bitter citrus, like an orange yeah. peel. Yeah. Like bitter orange. Yeah, I like it. It's yeah. pretty good. Let's it's check, check it out. It's spruce yeah, yeah, a little pine. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of smells like a Bruce, blue spruce. Yeah. Uh, I like it. We're talking about this. talking about the state bird of Utah there, sweetie. Or state oh my gosh, state <laughs> bird. State tree of Utah. <laughs> Go home drunk who's, girl, you're drunk. Who's, who's had four or five beers? Not this guy. <laughs> we would never ever record this podcast under the influence of alcohol, Steve. I don't know why you would even assume that. I'm not peeing in the corner right now, that's for sure. <laughs> Stop peeing in the corner of the studio! The cat did it! <laughs> the cat's asleep! He's unconscious! <laughs> he did it while sleeping. All right. So now, your viewer... <clears throat> excuse me. Your viewer questions. Your questions... Viewer questions! Yes. We have viewer questions. Let's see. Uh, which one should we start with? Oh, here we go. Uh, how about this one? Uh, at Podstalgic asked us... What's a movie you're embarrassed to tell people you've seen? Oh. I don't know if there's one to be embarrassed to like tell them you've seen. Maybe like one you gladly paid money for and actually kind of <laughs> like. Yeah, there's more movies that I'm embarrassed I like, but... <laughs> Hootie Tang. Um, That's one I tell everybody I enjoy, and they're like, you're an idiot. <laughs> oh, a good friend of mine nearly knocked herself unconscious laughing so hard that you had seen it. Ah, uh, Dewana. <laughs> hopeful, hopeful future guest host. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, see I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of ashamed that I've seen Bucky Larson Born to be a Porn Star. Yeah. And I'm kind of ashamed that I've seen the Gem movie. The Gem and the Holograms one? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Oh, I know what I'm ashamed that I've seen. Ninja Turtles? No, no I no. I am truly, truly ashamed that I have seen every single Land Before Time. You've seen all 15 of them or whatever? 14. I used to be a nanny, Steve. Oh, Jesus. And the father you thought it would be a wonderful idea to put Land Before Time into the TiVo. I... And the kids knew how to work the TiVo. Uh, and so it was like, look, look, there's a new Land Before Time! There's a marathon! And you know what? You know... You and, know did, and did the nanny not know how to use the TiVo? Nanny did not know all, how to use delete the all of them? They did mysteriously go missing after Dad had to watch them for a three-day weekend. He was oh, like, weird. Land Before Time is the only one left. I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, I'm... I'm sorry, too. Hey, you did leave the chipmunk movie for me, right? That's fucking yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the, uh, the first Land Before Time, like, a thousand times, You've probably. You've seen the second one, the full of Chompers. I've seen the second one. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the second one eh, once or twice, probably. Yeah. I was probably, like, 12, 13 when it came out. Mm -hmm. The rest of them, I didn't even know. I, I knew they made it up to, like, five or six at one point, but then you were telling me they're up to, like, 12, 13, 14. I'm like, get the fuck out, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's also like 
like four or five land or uh, Neverending Stories. Wow. And I only found that out because I owned the Neverending Story, and then I was at Costco one day and they had like Neverending Story four on clearance, and I'm like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! There was a two and three. <laughs> nice. Oh, this next question kind of goes into that a little bit. Um, yeah. This one comes from the More Gooder Than podcast. Great podcast. Check it out. Hey, More Gooder uh, Than. And you can follow them on Twitter at NGT Podcast. Tweet at uh, those twats. Yeah, tweet those twats. <laughs> uh, what's the movie you've seen the most times? Oh, that's easy for me. But how about you, Pumpkin? Is it Big Trouble in Little China? No. Yes. It is? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen Big Trouble in Little China probably close to once a month since as long as I can remember. So, four months? No. <laughs> four times. No. Four times, fool. Four times, fool. How about you? No. What movie have you seen the well, most? Oh, no, I know. Let me guess. Go for it. Either Revenge of the Nerds. That's up there. Or Romancing the Stone. That is also up there. I had a couple VHS tapes growing up, like five or six of them. That's how it was for us. You, you had a handful of movies you watched a thousand times. Yeah, that was up there. Uh, the first one that came to mind, though... Uh, I. It's a toss-up between Ghostbusters and Back to the Future. Oh. But yeah, Revenge of the Nerds is definitely up there. The Terminator is definitely mm-hmm. up there. That yeah. explains a lot about me growing up. It's like, I've seen The Terminator a thousand times, Revenge of the Nerds a thousand times, Back to the yeah. Future, Ghostbusters. Yeah, I've, I've seen Twister a gajillion times, because that was my sister's favorite movie for a while. Movie that I'm ashamed I've seen as many times as I've seen. My sister, I'm not exaggerating, watched The Strawberry Roan with Gene Autry. It's a singing horse movie. The horse doesn't sing. The cowboy oh, sings. Yes, hey, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Every single day when she got home from school for almost two years straight. Oh, wow. I, I'm sorry if my sister is listening. Tess, I'm sorry. I took it out back and shattered it one day and then buried it under my mom's orchid so no one would ever find it. <laughs> Because the orchids were in a planter, and they came up every year, so nobody ever dug them up, and we moved with them, so I knew nobody would ever go into there. So what you're saying is they may still be there. Yes, my mom still has that orchid planter. There's still pieces of the strawberry roan. Oh, that strawberry roan. Oh, that strawberry roan. Oh, yeah, no, I... That movie's ingrained in my brain. And I don't want it there. Gene Autry, I'm <laughs> sure, is a fabulous actor, but I'm ruined on him, and I, I want to, you know, that's who I want to throw a bunch of Gene Autry? I want to throw oh, a bunch of strawberry. <laughs> and the worst part is that me and my best friend in high school bought a strawberry roan. Mm. Her name is Dust Bunny. Nice. <laughs> I, I think since VHS, probably the movie I've seen the most times... I saw Scarface a lot of times. No, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Absolutely Jurassic Park. Park. I could watch Jurassic Park probably every day. Yeah. 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 Okay. And our last question for the day uh, comes from the Countdown Podcast. Another great podcast. Hey, guys. They're at the Countdown PC. Um, They asked, if superhero fatigue is starting to set in, What's the next genre of movie that's most likely to be Hollywood's focus? Ooh, I think we've actually done this question. We did a similar one where it was like, what direction do we think it's going to go in? But what one do you think is going to take off? So, what, so I'm going to stick with my my theory. 
I think monster movies are up next. Yep. They're like superheroes tend to fight monsters, so it's a natural kind of lead-in. King Kong was amazing, has done amazing. People are really into it. Um, uh, they're trying to reboot the whole Universal monster franchise. Yeah. I think other people are going to cash in. I think we're going to start seeing like animal exploitation movies, which let's face it, are, is my favorite genre. Yeah. If you haven't seen dogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're coming. For you. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen Grizzly. It's no Night of the Lepus, but... It's no be. Orca the Killer Whale. Orca the, oh, my God. <laughs> we have to do Orca the Killer Whale. Uh, starring the great Richard Harris. And Bo Derek. Bo De yeah, that's right. Young Bo Derek. Yeah. Bo Derek in her prime. Uh, like, pre-prime. Like, jailbait yeah. Bo Derek. <laughs> yeah. It has it's an creepy, Orca yeah. abortion. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I believe it's called an or portion. <laughs> anyway. That that movie dares to go places that people are. That's right. That's what the seventies were all about. But uh, yeah, no, I definitely <laughs> think we're gonna like get into like some monster movies. I think we're gonna like get yeah. The the Japanese have some amazing like they got the kaiju's which we got a little taste of in Pacific Rim. They've got all kinds of like great ghosts and evil spirits and demons. I mean, every culture, dude, some of those Thai demons. Yeah. That would make a great movie monster. Yeah. So it, yeah, I think it's gonna kinda yeah, go to more think? to more like more relatable heroes, like more human, not just superpowers mm -hmm. and blah blah yeah. blah. Uh going against like monsters or like seemingly impossible situations kind of thing. Like you know, like San Andreas, but with real people. No. <laughs> no. Uh, oh. or, or like or like thrillers, like psychological kind of thrillers, mm -hmm. like Hitchcock kind of thing. I'd like to see movies like that kind of come back, although it's really hard to get noticed with that if it's not a big budget, explodey, $200 million thing. Eventually know. people are going to get tired of the Michael Bay explosions. I know that yeah. that's blasphemy. Yeah, well, and, and the other reason I think like horror and monster movies, mm -hmm. they have a, uh, they can be made up for less money and turn out Absolutely. bigger profit. That's yeah, that's kind of what We're the bottom line is. Already starting to see it, and this might be more my hope springs eternal than anything else. But I have a feeling we're going to go towards a little bit more like practical effects because I think people buy them more. Yeah. I think that it's it's kind of trendy, like you know, to see you know to to see things like actually made. Mad Max is an excellent example. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Uh, so what you're saying is, uh, oh, what was that bad '80s movie where the kids find Dracula, the creature from Monster the Squad? Are we gonna see like a Monster Squad reboot? I they've been trying to do it for years. It, it it's up there with Goonies. Like it's one of those things. Like, can we put two hundred million dollars on a movie that's basically governed by kids? That's Ooh, kind of the you thing. know how you do it though. You do it with girls. You reboot it as a, with female oriented. Oh, you're absolutely right. That works so good with Ghostbusters. No, but <laughs> no, like it, I, 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 No, I, but realistically, little girls scare the little girls. Yeah, you get the blind girl from Langoliers as the mother. <laughs> or grandmother at this point, it's unclear. <laughs> oh, you get the uh, the little girl from Beasts of Southern Wild to be the other mother. <laughs> yeah, you get uh, the, the chick from Stranger Things. And uh, you get uh, Haley Joel Osmond as the dad. <laughs> That's right, he's a dad now. Oh, I know, I, I saw him in Tusk. <laughs> Oh, oh, there's a movie right. I'm embarrassed I watched. Oh, Tusk. you watched Tuz. But I haven't. But I haven't watched Yoga Hosers yet. Was that thanks to the film vault? No, it's because I watched Tusk, <laughs> and I saw a trailer for Yoga Hosers. 
So you should be embarrassed. Uh, you saw those movies, Steve. Hey, Johnny Depp was in it. Justin Long. He's never done anything bad, right? Anyway, <laughs> before I say unspeakable things, uh, yeah, the Three Musketeers. Three check Musketeers. It out. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have to check out uh the Four Musketeers, my lady. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Oh, can we do Heston Month? Oh, absolutely. Oh my God. Oh, Omega Man. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Planet of the Apes. Anyway, uh, so until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I Learned from Movies. Hey, tell your friends about us. Woo! Tweet us at the Twitter. Tweet us at the Twitter. At E-I-L-F Movies. Woo! Love you guys.